Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's around the house. There's like four or five percent if the makeup of women in construction or at least, you know, out in the field. And it's just, it's mind-boggling because the opportunities are there for them. As long as we provide support and they feel comfortable. And, and there's things that need to be addressed on the job site, and I'm not going to go into that, but yeah. to make them feel comfortable, to make them feel supported. I mean, there are women that I know on LinkedIn that I'm good friends with, they're doing amazing work. Amazing work. Wow. And they're inspiring others and other women to get into the trades. But again, that is too, that's looked upon as that women, you know, are not, the feeling of the women are not supported and that we need to do a better job to support them and make them feel comfortable. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to the Around the House show. This is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education. Thanks for joining us today. By the way, this episode is brought to you by Root Quencher and RootQuencher.com. If you've got trees, shrubs, bushes, and you're wasting water when you're watering or you want to cut it back, check out RootQuencher.com. Those guys have spikes that put water right into the roots and not all over the top where it runs down the hill and doesn't end up where you want it to. If you want to save money, go to rootquencher.com. Today, we are going to talk about something that is this massive tidal wave that only a handful of people are talking about. And we've got Andrew Brown here from Toolfetch, but we're talking the trades today. Brother, thanks for coming on around the house today. Eric, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Man, this is such a big deal. And I don't think we can talk about it enough because I tell you what, I can't tell you how many times I'm seeing in schools and high schools specifically right now, they've taken all the trades where they've removed them completely out of so many programs. Kids get forced to go to college because it's the right thing to do. And after spending a hundred grand in a college education, they get out and say, Hey, I'm going to go join the electrical union or I'm going to go drive the Mason union and they get into the trades, and now they got a hundred thousand dollar bill that they really didn't need to have. Yeah. It's crazy. What's your take on this? I mean, it, it's happening all over, and you understand why there is this uh, skilled trades gap, right? There's there's forty percent of men and women retiring or are at the retirement age in the next five or ten years that are leaving the industry, leaving their trade. And there's a lot of people yeah. who are not coming in. There's not enough. So there's seven to eight tradespeople leaving. There's one or two maybe coming in. And it's really yeah. what's being pushed to the younger individuals. What's, what's the message that's being pushed? And it's interesting, when young, the younger generation, when they're sitting down before they, they sign on that data line for college, is there a guidance counselor saying, you know, there's another opportunity there's maybe a skilled trades path. And I don't feel that's being spoken about because I do feel that 
teachers and guidance counselors are the best marketers for college, right? Mm-hmm. And if kids have the right information, maybe maybe they'll consider a skilled trades path instead of spending $100,000, not every school, but around $100,000, you know, go to, you know, trade school and spend yeah. less amount of money and for a less amount of time. And you could be working in an apprenticeship and making money at the same time. It is, is incredible. And I, call it the, I call it the big business of the college education. And the best salespeople right now seem to be the high school teachers and guidance counselors these days. And I think they're doing such a disservice. And in another show a couple of years ago, I brought up the, the concept that I've been waving the flag for a while is that, you know, if you and I go down and get a car loan and you and I walk down or get a house loan and get a mortgage, we have to kind of prove a business plan of how we're going to pay that back, right? So I would love to see that happen with a college education where, okay, I'm applying to go to college. And I wish they would ask a couple of questions and say, all right, when you get out, what's the game plan for your career? Because there's so many people going out and getting what I'm going to, and I'm not going to go after a certain group here, but what I call generally junk degrees, because I see them working at Starbucks and in other places after they've spent this stuff. I wish they could actually sit there and say, hey, uh, what's the game plan to pay this back? And maybe start a discussion of maybe this isn't for me and maybe I should get into the trades where I can actually be much better off and live a more comfortable lifestyle outside of my work environment. Yeah, and I can attest to this because I went to college for four years and I was more confused when I came out of school than when I was in school. I started off as a programmer. I was doing C++ on the, on, on the weekends and looking at myself and looking at the people around me and saying, what am I doing? Why am I taking advanced yeah. calculus? Then I went into business. Then I might into finance. Then I went into IT. And then I had this life-changing event on 9-11, which put me in a different path for yeah. selling tools to the skilled trades. And it, it, it's just, I feel like sometimes you just don't get all the answers and you're just kind of going from major to major. And there are a lot of individuals, especially friends, who came out of school and not happy with what they're doing. They're just not sure. happy. Or they switch completely and they do something completely different. But you've already put in a tremendous amount of investment into your education, but you're, you go into something different. And I see that happening often. It is. It is. It's crazy. And and it's. I think we've got to really start with younger kids of getting them in school, using their hands on stuff and teaching some common sense stuff because, you know, those woodshop days really figured out if you were good at working your hands and if there was a passion there. Because I know so many people in doing what you and I do that I go back and, you know, I'm in my early 50s, but I go back and say, when did you figure out, oh, it was woodshop because I I loved what I was doing. I was creating something or it was the mechanic shop or whatever metal shop, welding, whatever that was back in, you know, in that middle school slash high school age that we've just yanked that out of the schools and made those things, you know, computer labs or whatever else. But all those things are needed, but we've just created this huge skills gap, which is now hurting the public moving forward. I mean, it's great if you're going to go into the trades because as you know, as an electrician, you can go out and make six figures and work anywhere in the country. But Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner that have to hire hire the electrician go, Wow, why is that so expensive? Where are all the shop classes? 
Where did they go? What happened? Right? Yeah. I, don't, I don't remember taking a shot class. Right? I'm not too far behind you, but I don't yeah. remember taking a shot class. And if a kid has a mechanical build, ability or a technical spark, maybe that gets defined in a shot class that they wouldn't have noticed unless they took the shot class. But the shot class is not there. Maybe they just go to college and they do something else. So I'm all for yeah. bringing shot classes back into schools. On top of, if you don't go into a skilled trade, you can use those skills. They're lifelong skills, which you can apply to stuff around your house. Because I know people that won't touch anything, right? They're not, they're oh, not, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not touching anything. Look, there's something to be said about something electrical and you just don't, you don't really know. And then you bring in an electrician. But there's such opportunities in the skilled trades in all these different areas. And if you apply yourself and you ride that ladder of success, by attaching yourself to people who have been there and done that through mentorship, I mean, it's just unbelievable what's available today in this window of and time. And you'll never be without work, right? You'll never be without work because I tell you what, with our massive skills gap, that there is no quick fix to this. It's going to be a generational fix, right? I mean, we can't fix this tomorrow. You know what I mean? Because we we just have so many people that we, we don't have the the programs even out there available to fix it, let alone the the people to fill those programs. And if you're a kid right now and you're, you know, let's say if you're a parent listening to this show right now or a grandparent, this is something that should be explored because I tell you what, you can go out and be an electrician and in a few years, you're making more than the school teachers are. With less debt. With a lot less with debt. With a lot less debt. <laughs> with a lot less debt. And it's a shorter period of time, right? So you spend four years, maybe five years in college. You're ahead of the game yep. with less debt. And not just in volume. And then, you know, I always say eventually maybe you buy a home, you get a mortgage, that's more debt and more debt and more debt. And it's, it's just you just can't get out of it. So it's a great opportunity yeah. for someone who really wants to to be in go that path. You know, Andrew, there are some great groups out there as well. There, there are some small programs out there. Like we have here in my Portland metro area where I'm at, we have a group out in Forest Grove where they teach building houses to kids. And I mean, every school year they frame a house and then the next school year they finish it, sell it to refund the program again. And they call it the Viking house because it's the Vikings. That's the school mascot. But every couple of years, they're building a home. That is a beautiful model. We have a forestry program down here that is in a little town called Sweet Home out here, which is just the base of the, of the Cascade Mountains, where they've had a guy that's been doing YouTube videos, Manly Jobs, Blake Manley, who just left that school district. But there's like 100 kids in this little town on this forestry program. And I'm out there doing a news story on them for my TV show. And I see these high school kids wearing climbing gear to go climb electrical poles so they know how to climb trees and and be linemen or work in forestry. And I'm like, I've never seen climbing gear and like pole climbing gear in a high school. And the kids are walking across to the sports field over there where they put a bunch of poles in and they're out there getting ready to go, go to class. And they've got, you know, they, what I thought was cool is they get logs donated. So the lumber class cuts it up into like a sawmill, they get it ready. And that wood now goes to, the woodshop class. And so they're self-funding themselves with that. They sell some of it 
And now kids that are low income can get getting into shop class without any overhead. So there's ways to do it. It's not that hard. It isn't. It isn't. And exposing kids like that is truly amazing. And getting real hands-on experience that eventually they can go into a trade or, or, or be a lineman or, or an electrician or another trade. These are things that need to be put in and thought of and thinking outside the box, right? Because it's not working. We're getting better. We're making an impact through your podcast, your TV shows, right? Through my messaging, through videos and other people's podcasts. We're, we're, we're doing, everyone's doing their piece, but we need more of an impact overall, whether it's the administration. And it's interesting when you talk about what we want to do as, uh, as a country, we want to fix up our infrastructure where our infrastructure has a C minus rating, right? A C minus rating. How do you get to an A plus if no one wants the job? What are we doing in that? Right. Who are you going to get to do the job? It's wonderful. You want to spend money on buildings and bridges and tunnels and roads and everything in between. That's wonderful. So you need people to do the job and you need to work on the messaging side and you need to get to the younger generation to be interested in the trades because I think they have a depiction or a thought or an old adage that they keep hearing. Oh, it's low wage. Oh, it's, it's dirty. Oh, it's, you know, it's plan B for the bad kids. It's all, you know, it's just, it's all through messaging. And I think people just yeah. need the right information. And it also really starts in our household too, what parents are speaking to kids about. And it's just, yeah. you know, it's an all hands on deck effort. I want to address, Andrew, the, the, the dirty part of it, because it's such a myth. I mean, I know plumbers out there that for the last 20 years, all they've done is go out and build new homes and they're out there, you know, outdoors, they're outdoor people. They're out there, you know, plumbing up new houses. They're not getting wet. They're not playing with sewage. They're out there just putting homes together and building homes. And I know electricians that work um, out here at Intel and they're in a clean room wiring up stuff, you know, dressed in a white suit jacket like any other tech worker doing wiring. So you could also be a drain person and get in there and get dirty every day if you want to. So really, you're in control as the student of where you want to go because the jobs are there, right? The opportunities are there. But I, again, this goes back to people thinking it's just a guy in a wheelbarrow pushing this old dusty wheelbarrow on a job site. Well, that's not necessarily true. There are a lot of different options and paths that you can take. And you can figure out if you want to be a welder, an electrician, a plumber, a carpenter, and so on and so on. Um, but it, it goes back to that old you know, adage of, you know, you think of skilled trades, you think of dirty hands, dirty fingernails. Um, you know, and working with your hands. And, and that seems to always be looked down upon. I don't really understand where that kind of shifted. It, it just didn't happen just at one moment in time. It just slowly, no. you know, started getting to this point where people just look at it and they say, nah, that's, that's not for me. Yeah. And I think, I think part of that has been that, um, you know, it goes back into schools. It really does. You know, that, uh, at one point, we lost respect for the craftsperson out there, and I think that transferred into our schools because people weren't going to college. I mean, I saw something happen years ago here. It's probably seven or eight years ago at a trade event where it was, uh, you know, skills trade day at a high school, and the, and the principal sits there to the plumber and goes, all right, kids, uh, we got the plumber coming up next to talk to you. If you don't do your schoolwork right, you could be a plumber. 
And the plumber <laughs> walks out and goes, hey, by the way, um, you got to see my truck out front. I actually make more than your principal does every year. So uh, if you don't do your stuff right, you could be a high school principal dealing with you kids every day. Wow. That is a great response. You know, it was just shots fired, but that is just part of the root of the problem, right? Yes. Yes. There is that, there is that feeling. Um, when you t- also, when you, t- like you said, you tell someone you're a plumber or an electrician, some, some people look at you like, huh. you know, it's just that kind of that you could sense that it's like, oh, well, okay. But they don't understand that everything they do, everything in your house, your sink, your shower, your dishwasher, your heat, your, you know, AC, everything is controlled and managed and uh, fixed by the people in the skilled trades. And if they disappear, yeah. they disappear tomorrow, you'd be in a really bad spot. And you can't take for granted the people that provide the most value. And on top of it, keep our economy going. Yeah. That's going to be one of the biggest things because right now, you know, we're, we're seeing such a huge skills gap. I mean, looking forward, it's growing quickly. It's not getting smaller, even though people like you are out there waving the flag. You know, it's this is a tidal wave that's coming at us. It's just unaddressed by many people out there. And there's a lot of great people talking about it. Don't get me wrong. The Mike Rose of the world and, and those people out there that are also waving the flag, trying to do what they can. But it's, you know, it's a it's a it's a five gallon bucket in the Pacific Ocean of what we need to do out there. And one of the secrets I think it's amazing out there, too, is that it it's not addressed is. The women in the trades is so amazing right now, seeing how that has shifted so much recently. There's like four or five percent if the makeup of women in construction or at least, you know, out in the field. And it's just it's mind boggling because the opportunities are there for them. As long as we provide support and they feel comfortable and there's things that need to be addressed on the job site. And I'm not going to go into that, but. No. To make them feel comfortable, to make them feel supported. I mean, there are women that I know on LinkedIn that I'm good friends with. They're doing amazing work, amazing work. Wow. And they're inspiring others and other women to get into the trades. But again, that is too, that's looked upon as that women, you know, are not, the feeling of the women are not supported in that. We need to do a better job to support women, make them feel comfortable, you know, give them the skills that they yeah. need to do. But that's almost untapped. Imagine if you can imagine if that was you bumped it up to 20 percent of, you know, our women. Right. You know, right. And and the funny part of this is, too, is that that we're starting to see not really the funny part, but the good thing that's happening now is you're starting to see workwear companies address it. Right. You know, you've got companies out there that are making job site gear for women. That's not just a small men's piece. Right. You know, you've got the people like Keen Utility out there that are making work boots that actually fit women. And there's a lot of other companies similar to that. And this isn't a commercial for them, but we're starting to see that change, which which brings more opportunity for women out there. Because, you know, I'm not going to speak for women in this at all, but the last thing they need to see out there is pink vests and pink clothes and stuff like that. They want to be treated as equals and we're making progress, but we've got to do better. Yes. And that's just the combined effort. And that's just, that's a work in progress. And then it's, it's just piece by piece by piece and slowly changing 
that old adage over. It's just, it's, it is not one thing that's going to make it work. But what you said, these little things all help and all, you know, it all comes together and will get us to that, that next step or that next level. And by the way, ladies, here's another little tip and secret for you out there. If you look at people in the trades out there, in the skilled trades, whether you're a tile setter, a carpenter, an electrician, a plumber, HVAC tech, if you get into the trades and open up a social media channel that's showing what you do every day, they may be making more than most of the guys are that have been there for 25 years. Exactly. They're doing well. Yes. <laughs> yes, they are. Yes, they are. You know, showcasing your work is the most important thing. What you do yep. inspires others. You don't realize that. And especially on social media, even though you don't get a like or a comment, there are people watching. And it's just it's oh, inspiring. Yeah. And more women were out there showcasing what they were doing. More women would eventually be inspired and say, wow, I can do that. And that's just, it's amazing to see that. And it's inspirational. And, you know, some of the ones that inspire me out there, there's um, Shannon, who goes by that tile chick on social media. And people go, oh, women can't. She is like four foot 11 and out there carrying around big pieces of large format tile and doing the job that a lot of guys can't and and doing a wonderfully skilled job doing it. So a lot of those things that people go, oh, they just can't. No. Luckily, those days are getting over. Yeah. Now, I watch uh, sometimes I watch Barbie the welder. I don't know if you're familiar She's with amazing. It's just like, oh I'm my just watching these sculptures. I'm like, how do you do that? Like, there's such do a that. talent. And it's just that she's inspired so many people behind that. Mm -hmm. I actually, I did a video off of it because I was just showcasing what she did. And it was just yeah. the outpour of the comments and the supporters. That's what you need yeah. out there. Yeah, there's a program here in, in Oregon that uh, I've been supportive of for a long time since its beginning, and uh, it's a girls build. And so Katie Hughes goes out and does camps all year round for girls from like eight to 13, and they bring the trades in. So they're going to show them there's eight year old kids out there, little girls bending sheet metal, creating ductwork. They're they're. They're doing electrical projects. They're building stuff. And we're not talking just like, hey, we're going to do the Home Depot birdhouse. But they're actually out there building stuff. And they do a trades camp for a week. Yeah, It gets sold out in hours. She actually a lot of times has to do the signups at like midnight on a Tuesday. Just so people can have an opportunity to get in there because it just fills up so quickly. Yeah. I also see um, uh, there's a woman by the name of Jamie McMillan. Um, She's mostly on LinkedIn. She's up in Canada. She's an iron worker. And she's so inspirational. Yeah. Just watching could be, she works with uh, young kids and showing them what nice. they can do. And it, it's making an impact. It's making a huge impact. And again, yeah. just watching it, it's just, I, it's amazing. And, and we have to give a shout out to, to some of the guys out there, like our buddy, Roger Wakefield. Sure. You know? Roger's out there just trying to promote the trades as, as much as he can out there. And uh, if there's, he's, he's a, an up and coming guy that is really doing well, but as far as getting out there and really trying to promote the trades and plumbing in specific with him, you know, he talk about a guy that created his own plumbing company and turned it into such a massive big thing. And again, he's a guy that just went out and said, Hey, I'm going to do this and has done really well doing it. Well, it's, it's interesting you say that because I'm a big 
uh, I have a lot of respect for Roger Wakefield. And actually, we'll be on his podcast a little bit later in the year. And he's nice. just, I've seen him grown, grow from 20,000 followers in, on YouTube to like five or 600,000. I mean, he's yeah. just, I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, he's great. He he's showed done. up like five years ago before he got going in one of my seminars at the National Association of Home Builders. And I was down at the uh, Design and Construction Week and he was an audience member. And I just, he stuck out to me and I'm like, this cat's got something different going on here. And I went over and started talking to him and we've been friends uh, during COVID. I had to go down to Dallas uh, to pick up our puppy from our old next door neighbor who had their dog had puppies. And this was smack dab in the middle of COVID. You could get on a plane, but like when I stayed in downtown Dallas, I was the only person in the hotel. Wow. My wife and I were, we had the whole hotel to ourselves. but we went up and did videos with Roger in his place up at there at, uh, at, at green plumbing. And it was a lot of fun in the early days. And that was what four years, three years ago. So again, it's just so fun to watch people like that grow and he's making an impact as well, like you said. And, uh, and he's just getting started in this world. But shows what you can do above and beyond just being someone in the trades and giving yeah. back. And he gives back to obviously shows you how to build your plumbing business and he's supportive of the trades, but it just shows that you can be a business owner. You can be on social media. You can help others. You can be inspirational. And he's just, he's your prime example of what success looks like in the trades. Yeah. And uh, talk about taking a skilled trade and then just expanding it and, you know, making it 20 times what it was. He just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And uh, I think there's going to be a lot of great things coming from him in the future. And we, we, we need about about 100 more of those out there to make this happen. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. You know, keep putting out uh, the messaging and keep, uh, keep making an impact and keep trying to change, uh, you know, the old messaging about the, the skilled trades. And we'll get there. Yeah. Confident. We will. So what's your, what is your take on how do we get this started? How do we get this started? cruise ship turned around in this little canal because it, it's at times it seems like we got about a 42 point turn to get this thing turned around where we're actually going to start making headway and gain on this instead of of losing ground because i i can i i can name an i could go to any electrical company in my city right now and say hey i'm a licensed electrician if i was i'm looking for a job and they'd ask me when do i start mm-hmm yeah, we're coming ahead, right? We're, we're getting to the breaking yeah. point, right? Or if we're not there, we're going to be there very soon. And exactly. We need to, it, it, there, there's no one thing that's going to say, you know, snap of a finger, oh my God, they have endless amounts of people. You can maybe do that with women and get more women involved. Um, you can do that on the messaging side. Look, we still need to get everyone else on board. I, I, again, this goes back to the messaging in schools. We need to, guidance counselors need to be sitting down with kids and laying down the options, not just college. And I'm, I, I am a supporter of college, but sure. maybe it's- I want, maybe, my, I want my doctor to go to college, right? I want, right. My, I want my surgeon to have like the best degree known to mankind. But I just don't think my plumber needs that humanities degree. But when I play the game of life, if you've ever played that as a kid, I played the updated yep. version. And the updated version was you can have uh, a career path or a college path, and it says in the instructions that you're more likely to make more money with a college degree versus someone with, uh, you know, just a, a career. And it's funny. 
Uh, there was no plumber. There was no electrician. There was no welder in that whole like set uh, to talk about. I was like, oh my God. I was like, well, the, the game of life is telling you that. And that kids are playing that. And teachers are saying that. And your parents are saying that. It just goes on and on and on. So we need to re- kind of reverse that and try that and, and work on that. And that just is, is, it goes back to messaging, social media putting out more information about the trades, the administration getting up for it. And there's a lot of things that we need to do. I don't think there is one, but we all need to identify that this is a much bigger problem than we think it is. And it will, in the next couple of years, if we don't at least, you know, it's like, it's like moving this big ship with a little rudder and you're slowly turning it and we need to turn it quicker. Um, But it's just a combined effort across the board with everybody. I hate to get government involved, but is it going to take the unions and the tradespeople out there to get involved with with, you know, policymakers that say, hey, as part of a school curriculum and as part of the guidance counselor program, they need to be giving all the options, just not some of them. Yeah. Look, maybe an option is trade school um, is free. I don't know. I'm just throwing things out there. I don't yeah. know if that's even possible. Absolutely. I'm just throwing things out there that maybe that that's an option. Um, well, kind of is with the unions, right? I mean, you pay your union dues and you become a apprentice. Yeah. You can go through that whole electrical program in the unions without paying a bunch of money. You're buying some tools, but really that option's out there already in a way. Yeah. I mean, look, that's, that's an option, but uh, I am all for suggestions out there of how to, you know, close this, close this gap and to, and to make things better. Again, it just goes back to this, not just one thing that's just going to make this all of a sudden overnight, you know, change. There's always so much that technology, chat GGP, chat GPT and automation, a robot, you know, you can't do that. It's just not going to happen. You still need the, you know, the, 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 the hands on work for the people who, do that work. You still need someone to uh, get in there and weld and and do the yep. electrical work. It's, it's just not there yet. So we need to find you know a better solution. You know until yeah, we're we're decades and decades away from having a robot to get underneath the sink in someone's house and go, "What's wrong here? What did the what did the last homeowner do to make this mistake?" That's probably not in my lifetime. You know what I mean? It's just not going to happen. And so, you know, you might see in 20 years a robot hanging drywall in somebody's large commercial project where it's going to be drywalling over every electrical circuit and every outlet and every sprinkler system thing. But you're not going to see that happen in construction anytime soon. And and if we've noticed, it's not the blue collar jobs we're losing to AI. It's the white collar jobs. Let's be honest. AI is coming for your white collar job. Yeah. <laughs> it can't it can't replace in that there was a there was an interesting uh on linkedin or it was it went viral of this like billboard of chat ggp and it can't replace you know people in the in the trades it was like yeah that's 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 true and you know it's it's uh it's a secure profession and yeah. look, even during a downturn and a recession, there's still work that needs to be done around a house. People still need to fix stuff around their house. An electrician, a plumber, a welder, there's still stuff that needs to be done. 
And it's uh, yeah, to, let, to some degree. Let's attack that myth for a minute because you're right. I mean, you know, oh, well, construction is, 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 you know, oh, it's so cyclical. You're right. It is. But that's the beauty of it. I mean, I've been in this industry for 30 years in the in the construction interior design, specializing in kitchen and bath work. And yes, there are some years that new construction just blown up, but it never lifts because that energy ends up going over to remodeling like we're seeing right now. Maybe new construction house, you know, starts her down. But right around the corner, people go, wow, I'm not moving. Better fix my house. There's always and it's always there. There are always people saying, and I, even in, in in my local area with my friends, who do you know? I had to do a kitchen. I had to do a project. Everybody's talking behind the scenes and getting referrals and asking who's the right person. And if you're reliable, you show up, you have competitive pricing, you do good work, you're going to do extremely well because people are going to pass your name around. And there's tremendous opportunity there. Yeah. I know of uh, I know of a contract right now that's really good in my area because I used to work with him as his designer, and him and I work together a lot. He's a year out right now, booked out. If you wanted, if you came in with a million dollars and said I got to remodel, he's like end of the line, end of the line. Yeah, I was I got something interesting here. This is kind of again comes down to that skills, where it was something I did yesterday, and this will be coming up on a future episode of my television show. This blew my mind. I was in this. I, I drove past this place, found it. And it's a little company here in Portland that does this nationally. Golden West Billiards. They make pool tables. I was shocked at this. I have not been in a building in my lifetime that had this many skilled people doing this level of artisan work. They're handcrafting lions on the legs of the pool tables. And that kind of just insane stuff. They had a guy on this big industrial lathe doing 12 inch round legs. And all he does is sit there for eight hours a day and work the lathe. And I asked the guy, I said, how long does he, has he learned? He's been doing that for 20 years. And the only way way I got him is, but the Argentinian guy that we had hired for 30 years before that, when he was getting ready to, to retire, I mirrored him up with three years so he could learn that. But we are such at a spot, and that's his biggest fear, is we're at such a spot of not having that person one day. And this is stuff that you can't really get with a CNC. This is stuff that you can't get because that hand craftsmanship doesn't exist through the computer. That for that level of stuff, you still need to have a craftsperson. And we're going to end up finding these people in other countries. We're going to have to figure this out if we don't get our hands around it. Exactly. And, and it's a great example. Another example is my dryer conked out and there's an individual that he's kind of known and he comes and he fixes and he's good. He just, he listens. I know what it is. You know, he's just that guy. guy. He's the guy. And he's 64, 65 years old. And we got to talk and he's like, you know, I'm almost at retirement age and nobody wants my job. Nobody wants to take over. I have no debt, make good money. My schedule's, you know, I pick and whatever choose he wants job, it to be. Whatever, and he does pretty well. And he just, it was baffling to him that nobody wants to take over his job. And this is what happens. He leaves, no one fills the gap. What do you do? Who do you yep. go to? There's not that many people left. And that's the scary thing that this keeps compounding and keeps happening. The individuals that put in 20, 30 years who know the tricks of the trade, 
and then they leave. This is why we need to have some sort of mentorship program mm-hmm. of mentoring somebody Absolutely. who's younger who can come in and learn all this experience. And then it just doesn't go away that there's a plan in yeah. place for succession. No question. Andrew, let's talk about here before we run out of time, because this is a big one here. Let's talk about what happens with this trades gap when we and what's happening now and how we're in this road we're on, because I don't think people really get their arms around. OK, well, yeah, we need people in the trades. That's cool. I get it. But they don't realize how today it's affecting their lives. Tomorrow, it's going to have even a bigger impact because your example there is just great. That guy that's running his own business, he goes, you know, I can't find everybody to replace me. Hey, I'm closing it down. I'm moving to the beach. I'm out of here. And now when you look in the on Google and go, hey, I got to call a appliance repair person. There's nobody there or there's two people and it's eight weeks out. Mm-hmm. And you go, I can't live without my dryer for eight weeks. Now I'm going to take instead of spending 75 or $200 to fix that $800 dryer you have, you go out and buy another one. Mm-hmm. If we don't curb this skilled trades gap, just like you said, you could wait three or four weeks for a plumber. Can you wait three or four weeks and you're, you're, you can't flush the toilet, something's backed up, your septic is, is on the fritz, your dishwasher doesn't work. You know, you can, you can compound that. Your heater's I, out. Heater's out. I'm freezing. My kids are freezing. It's, it, you know, it's brutally hot out. People's ACs go down, right? It's hot. And you can't find that person. That's the worrisome that I'm concerned about, that you're going to wait a lot longer and pay a lot more. It might be good for the people in the trades because they make more money. Not good for the homeowner. So, Well, the- let's, let's, let's take that over to affordable housing for a second. That is such a big push across the United States right now, right? We've got to come up with affordable housing. I don't care where you're talking about, whether you're sitting out there in Kansas or if you're in California. It's a discussion, right? And it is wonderful for the trades that everybody's making good money out there and it's getting harder and harder to find those people. So those people make more money because you're going, hey, I got to pay them this. We're going to have less affordable housing down the road when it comes to new construction homes because that labor rate just keeps going up and up and up just because of you know demand. You keep passing down the cost, right? Eventually, it's the homeowner that just has to pay more for the same same item. That could be said for a lot of things and inflation and things like that. But this is what's going to happen and that we need to curb this and be proactive, not reactive here. The, 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 I want to focus on you know being proactive. Reactive is like it's, it's already happened and it's you know we're just reacting to it. being proactive. This is exactly why we need to keep I'll say it again. It goes back to the messaging. It goes back to trying to get the younger generation involved and to change that old adage that it's not uh, a dirty, you know, low-end job that people assume with and that it's a, it can be a high-paying job if you put the time and effort in and learn the skills and learn the trade. We just, again, need to work together. Exactly. And that's that's really what it's going to take. And and, uh, you know, it's it's uh, we've got an interesting decade ahead of us with so many people that are the brain trust of construction and, you know, remodeling right out there that are that are getting ready to uh, head to the beach and call it a retirement. 
And we've got to be able to get people in to fill those shoes. Exactly. So any other tips, man, that we can do to get people going in this? Uh, I always love getting your wisdom on this stuff because you're somebody out in the trenches that are just fighting it out every day out there trying to spread the word. Showing up every day. You can't just not show up. And, and this is why I keep showing up on videos because I feel like if I'm not showing up, I'm doing an injustice. I'm not doing my job because the hard part is staying consistent. You keep knocking, you keep yelling, you keep screaming, you have a mic, and there's, you don't get the you don't feel like you're making an impact, but I feel like I am. And it's just, it's a yeah. slow burn and it's not something that happens in a couple of months. It could take a couple of years. You just need to keep showing up, stay consistent with the messaging and to get more people inspired. I feel I've inspired a good amount of people through my videos that they want to start putting out messages about right. trades. That's where you get other people interested like Roger Wakefield, you're watching him, I'm inspired by him, or Jamie McMillan, yeah. you know, and with the iron workers, women, it's just, that's what you need to keep doing. And those individuals need to keep showing up because if they don't, you know, that's yesterday's news. And that's what we need yeah. to keep being consistent. So very true. So very true. Hey, I want to ask you just because this is not why I had you on here. We're talking the trades today. Let's talk about your company for a second, because outside of your carrying the flag for the trades, you're also CEO too. I am. And I want to give, I want to provide some context to really why I do this. Just a quick story. Yeah, let's do it. Because absolutely. Some people ask me, well, I, you know, I don't really understand your background. So just to give you some context on September 11, 2001, when I was 23 years old, I was living in New York city at the time and the planes had just hit the buildings. And I got this crazy idea to go down there and help. And I convinced nice. a friend in Rhode Island at the time to come in. And he came in a few days after it happened. He comes in with this, he comes downstairs and he's got this big blue truck with an American flag on the back. And he's dressed up as a tradesperson. He's got a hard hat on. And he's got an extra hard hat and, and overalls for me. And all of a sudden I find myself racing down the West Side Highway from checkpoint to checkpoint. And we make it down to ground zero. I don't know how we got to the checkpoints. I can't even, I can't even somehow. We made <laughs> you look it like you're supposed to be there, right? Yeah, you're supposed to be supposed there. To be there. Yep. We parked the car. And now I'm standing on the trade center where it once stood. And this is only a handful of days. And I was helping tradespeople and emergency workers find survivors the entire day. So I was watching the tradespeople do anything necessary to find wow. survivors. And you talk about life-changing events. Not only personally, but professionally, I was an IT guy. And <laughs> yeah. after that situation, I literally, like, I quit my job. I had a decent job in IT. Like, I quit my job like, a couple weeks after. I just put my two weeks notice in, and I spent months yep. and months and months trying to figure out how do I get back to the tradespeople that I saw on 9-11. Yeah. So that's where I co-founded an online tool and equipment business named Toolfetch with my brother, about 20 years ago, still going strong today, still love the business. And we sell tools yep. to the skilled trades. So professionals such as welders and carpenters and plumbers and other blue collar skilled trades. And I always say these are the men and women who are building our bridges, our tunnels, our roads, our infrastructure. And yeah. We, and we reach them by offering one of the largest tool and equipment catalogs on the internet with over a million different products from 650 different vendors of so products like Lyft cement mixers, drain cleaners, harnesses, stuff like that. That is my way to get back to the skilled trades 
to what I saw 20 plus years ago. So every time that I'm talking to someone in the trades, it just, I keep going back to I'm helping them. I'm the middleman between the manufacturer and the people who I call the heroes, young song heroes who are yeah. doing the work. That's what I'm doing. And I'm just living nice, the, brother. the dream that I'm supposed to be, the path I'm supposed to be doing. Man, what a powerful story of kind of finding yourself in your early 20s, right? Yeah. Yeah. Divine that, is, that is powerful, man. I love it. I yeah. love it. It's such a great success story, too, of what you've been doing. And, and uh, you know, we just need to get more of these people in there. And everybody that's tuning in right now, things you can do, you know, between what Andrew's saying and what I'm saying here, just be involved in your community, right? Get, a, get your head in what's going on in the schools. If you can buy a coffee to a, to a counselor at a high school that's telling kids where to go, make the argument. And just one person can put dozens of people in the trades every single year. And I think it's going to be that kind of grassroots effort that's going to change this ship. Exactly. Thanks for coming on today, brother. If people want to track you down, what's the best way to do that? So I am very active on LinkedIn. It's under my name, Andrew Brown. You can reach out to me. If you want to talk about tools, I'm always, I always like to talk yeah. shop. Or if you just want to talk about the skilled trades, reach out to me on YouTube. It's under ToolFetch and ToolFetch.com is our website. Perfect, brother. Thanks for coming on today. This is such an important topic and uh, happy I had the expert on. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. I'm Eric G. And you've been listening to Around the House. Somewhere unseen and undiscovered. Anywhere beyond the mean. Life is a love song. Let's be lovers. We're all over the radio. Take my hand. I know where to go. Hey, it's Eric G from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.